What's up, LLA Podcast Nation? Look here. All you coffee lovers out there, today is your day. Well, hell, every time you listen to the show, today is your day, if I have anything to do with it. But today I got a little help. Mike's got a little help, and we're going to talk about coffee today. We're going to talk about the good, the bad. Well, it's the ugly. <laughs> there might be some ugly, but I don't know about the bad part. Well, there is some bad parts to it. Man, we're going to talk about all that today, man. Um, first of all, thanks to everybody that has continued to support the show. Um, starting to see you guys really starting to share out there and be very interactive on social media. And also, you know, thanks for all you who are actually supporting our businesses as well. And by, he- by heading over to newwarriortraining.com and heading over to mikemaller.com, typing that coupon code LLA, you get 10% off of all of our products over there on both of our websites. And that helps keep this show going. Because if you notice, we don't spend the first 20 minutes of the show pumping some other people's products that probably we would never use, unlike a lot of podcasts out there. So, we know, we use products that we like, ours. <laughs> so, there you go, folks. So, thanks a lot for your support. We really appreciate that. And thank you, for, thank you for going over to iTunes and Stitcher, keeping those reviews coming. Make sure you're subscribing. And tell you what, man, it's the very reason why we're doing this show like we're doing today. Because of that support. And that's why we bring top-notch guests. In fact, our guest today is probably one of the most downloaded shows that we've had before, which is pretty awesome, man. So you guys asked for him again, and we brought him back. And what better way to bring him back than to talk about one of the things that everyone truly loves for the most part, the number two commodity in the world behind oil. Okay, and you don't want to drink oil. So, yeah, we're going to talk about (laughs) coffee. (laughs) So hey, what's going on, Mike? Yeah, you don't you don't want to drink oil, even if you put butter in it. It's not yeah. going to help. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let me. No, but we have Dr. William Wong on the yeah. podcast today. Last time he came on, he talked about the benefits of systemic enzymes, yeah. which people found really compelling. People really got into it. People ended up going and buying his product, mine, and are just raving about the benefits of systemic enzymes. And I know that Dr. Wong is a huge advocate of coffee for brain health, for systemic health. So we just wanted to get him back on the show to talk about the benefits of coffee as well as negatives exactly. and then anything else that people might be surprised. So without further ado, Dr. Wong, welcome back. Howdy. How you doing? How are you doing, Mike? Doing great, doing great. man. Good, good to be back on with you guys. Yeah, awesome. it's a pleasure. Last episode was great. So we went thank you, a thank huge you. response Lots to that. Good info. Yeah, let's let's get right into this topic. What are let, let's talk about the benefits of coffee first. What do you think are the, the strongest benefits? According to the Hawaiian Men's Health Survey, which is the longest-running study, medical study that I I know about, it's been going on since 1973. It started off with, I think, something like 7,000 or 9,000 Hawaiian men of Japanese extraction. Uh, there are a few hundred, maybe a couple of thousand left. Uh, the long-term data has shown that the coffee drinkers didn't get Alzheimer's. The, of the non-coffee drinkers, they got Alzheimer's in their 60s, especially the guys who ate a lot of soy because soy was found to shrink the brain. That was the other major finding that this study did. Uh, so soy shrank the brain, and the non-coffee drinkers started getting Alzheimer's or dementia of some kind of, or another in their 60s. And the, the non-coffee drinkers in the main did not get dementia. Of those very few that did, they got it a full decade later in their 70s. Coffee was found to be a greater stimulant to brain circulation than, than ginkgo or any of the other things uh, sold as, as brain stimulants. Uh, 
And that alone to me was, was a, 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 a huge major finding. We've been told since, since probably forever that coffee is bad for us. And there's, there's a, 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 a segment of medicine that is so convinced of that, it's like their religion. Right. It's, it's exactly the same mindset as fat is bad for you and you have to lower your cholesterol. Right. Mm-hmm. As salt is bad for you and you have to stop eating salt. It's these blanket prescriptions that are absolute bullshit. Right. Because they don't take in mind individual physiology. Mm-hmm. And also, it's these blanket prescriptions by the higher mucky mucks. You know, let, let me separate people. We're talking about doctors. And doctors in the main are very smart people. But there are two kinds of very smart people. There are smart people who can memorize and repeat. 80% of the smart people are memorizers and repeaters. Right. Mm-hmm. And there are thinkers and innovators. That's only 20%. Yeah. <laughs> so you get the thinkers and the innovators who have a certain axe to grind, who tell the memorizers and repeaters what the program is. <laughs> okay. So you, 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 you get this doc. Hey, you think your doc's a smart guy because he can memorize entire encyclopedias. He doesn't know what the you know what? What he's got the depth of a of a of a fruit fly, <laughs> basically. Uh, you know, he's, 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 it's, all he can do is memorize and repeat. And every now and then he dumps the data like he did right after he took his medical boards, and he doesn't remember jack shit by the time he goes to practice. Right. right. So you know, you you you, you have these guys the with an axe to grind, telling the the memorizers and repeaters what to do, and like lemmings, they go out. Coffee is bad for you. Coffee is bad for you. You know, you know. All right, so it is. But how? What does it do? You know, for every study, I can I can quote you that coffee produces inflammation, that coffee produces high blood pressure, that coffee produces uh, uh, dementia. I can show you three or four studies that show you that they don't. So, you know, which studies are right? Which studies were pre-programmed to give you the results, and which studies were surprises? The Hawaiians, the, the Hawaiian Men's Health Survey was one hell of a surprise, and it's more valid than any other study because you can't monkey with the results. No one's messing with, 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 with the survey group. No one's forcing them to eat anything. No one's forcing them to, to do anything. They're just registering the results of in vivo, of real life. You're not taking six guys, force-feeding them coffee. You're not taking mice and feeding them enough, uh, a railroad car worth of coffee a day, right, and then right. saying that it produces high blood pressure. Right, right. So, you know, it, the, 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 the surveys, oh, next survey, uh, the, the, the nurses' health, health survey started off with, I think, 18,000 nurses, been going on for, for uh, 20 years. They discovered that the, the nurses who drank six to eight cups of coffee a day did not get diabetes. Well, what the, f- you know, that came out of completely out of left field. No one was expecting that. They didn't have a higher incidence of heart disease. They did not have a higher incidence of high blood pressure. Did not have a higher incidence of, 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 of strokes, blood, blood clots, or anything else that's blamed on coffee. And I bet you there are, there are a hell of a lot more awake than the nurses that aren't drinking coffee. <laughs> right. If I sit here and drink my Sumatra. <laughs> well, why do you think coffee has those benefits? Um, Before let's let's make it more specific for sure. for diabetes and heart disease. For diabetes, I don't know. That would suggest that coffee 
is an anti-inflammatory, which half the studies on coffee will tell you it lowers inflammation. The other half will tell you it heightens inflammation. So that's still a question mark. Because some research okay. is with the chlorogenic acid and how that improves insulin sensitivity, which will in turn help with glucose disposal, et cetera. So I would think that that would support blood sugar health. And I it, think yes. pre diabetic, et cetera. Yeah, and Dr. Warren, would you th- would you think that for those that say that coffee raises inflammation, would you think that what we're looking at here is not just coffee in its best form? It's more that these are people who may be going and drinking stuff like Starbucks coffee and, and they're putting all this well, they're, they're putting, putting all this crap. Latte. Yeah, that's hey, what I'm saying. They're yes. putting all their crap Look. in their coffee. So what they're doing, they're grouping everybody any type of coffee there is and they're putting it all in this yes. category and saying that it's you know, it raises inflammation. Whereas compared to well, let's say what you know, I talk a lot about is pour over coffee or just just drinking coffee black and getting it from quality beans, whereas it would probably exactly. have the opposite effect because there, there's well, nothing really being added to it to raise inflammation and then have all these corn syrup solids and all these other things. I mean, I just saw the other day that, you know, because, you know, the fall is coming up. So now it's about to be pumpkin yeah. everything season. So this is where Starbucks starts pushing their pumpkin lattes and then everybody, all the other smaller coffee shops have to follow suit. Well, someone posted a picture, uh, you know, with all the ingredients that's inside of a Starbucks latte, <laughs> a pumpkin latte. Well, the problem is there's no pumpkin in the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> At least you get some zinc out of pumpkin. I'm like, come on, man. It's like there's not one ounce of pumpkin in it. It's just all these different chemicals and ingredients and all these right. flavors that have been created in a laboratory and all these corn syrup solids. So you have to wonder, yeah, of course it's going to raise inflammation. Whereas pumpkin... Yes. You know, pumpkin is something that would actually lower inflammation if it actually used pumpkin in it. So it just, I think, like I said, I just feel like they're grouping all coffee together in one category for their bigger agenda, of course. And this is where the Hawaiian Men's Health Survey kind of cut through that, because if you've ever been to the islands, they don't drink regular American coffee there. They oh, no, drink stuff co- you can put into a fountain pen and write with. Oh, man, their coffee is, like, so good, but it's so expensive because they know it's so freaking good. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing <laughs> it about <is>. it, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kona coffee is no joke. It is no joke because just that region in which those beans grow is a very pristine region, man. Between them and Jamaica, you know, they know what they have, what kind of commodity they have, and that's why it's probably one of the pricier coffees out there on the market. Yes, exactly. Between the Kona and the Hamakua coffees, Mm -hmm. they're just amazingly strong, and they don't, you know, like in Latin America, they drink demitasses, little tiny cups. Well, imagine (laughs) Latin American espresso in 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 a beer mug. That's what these guys yeah, drink. Know, man. It's crazy. <laughs> and they might add a squirt of cream. They may add a teaspoon of sugar. But it's not like these guys you see walking out of Starbucks with 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 all this wonderful latte ingredients in there. Oh whoa. You know, <laughs> all this all this stuff that God never meant people to eat. Right. all blended into your coffee. Well, I can't even say half the stuff that's on that menu. When someone steps up in front of me, they're like, let me get a mocha frappuccino with soy milk latte, you know, blonde. What? You, wait a minute, she's a brunette. She's a brunette. What are you talking about? <laughs> so it's blonde you speak of, man. It's like they have their own secret code. <laughs> yeah. Well, who, who gains by disseminating information that coffee has is unhealthy? You know, I don't know. It's, 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 it's about as sacred a cow as circumcisions are. <laughs> you know, they, they, it, really, I mean, you, 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 you mention coffee in front of certain dogs. I can tell you the benefits there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mention coffee in front of certain dogs, and they will absolutely just, 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 just go off in, 
into these fits. I mean, it's like they, uh, I, I, I can't liken it to anything. They, they, the guys just go nuts. I don't want my package uh, to look like the worm in the Dune books, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that benefit alone. So they try to back what, what they're trying to say bad about coffee with, with the rationality and with the studies. And when you point out that there are other studies that are more valid than their studies, yeah. They go nuts. They 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 start. They they have no answer, so their answer is anger. Yeah, that's that's what happens when you have a belief. You know, at what point? When did doctors stop becoming scientists? <laughs> you know, what happened through with, with all the, the three step process? You know, just trying to come up with an answer and figure things out instead of just believing something and feeling like, okay, that's it. Yeah, that's what I learned in school, so it has to be true. I mean, I'm in debt. Look at my bank account. I paid a lot of money for that. I paid a lot of money for that line. I invested a yeah. lot in that line. I'm not giving it up, man. So. Exactly. Exactly. And you see that amongst memorizers and repeaters. Yeah. If you, if, if you mention the, all, the, the alternate studies to thinkers and innovators, they'll go, hmm, I didn't know that. And they'll start whizzing it around their brains, and you'll see the gears start turning. Well, physiologically, how can that be? If this mechanism is true, and that happens, and that mechanism can't be true, and the, 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 you, they, you see them start playing around with, 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 with the idea. But the memorizers and repeaters don't want to know. Right. Yeah, and you're right about memorizers and repeaters. I mean, I think, I think memorizers and repeaters make up 80% of people in any industry, whether it's the yes. fitness industry, the medical industry, the journalism. In journalism, it's probably more 90, 95, 5. 90, <laughs> yeah. 99. They're just outright freaking liars. I mean, come on. They get, they get paid to lie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, if you don't, without all the lies, they wouldn't have enough to report on. Exactly. <laughs> there wouldn't right. be any news. But like, you know what? We don't have any news today. When's that ever happen? You know, know? There's always something. <laughs> but, but, but with coffee, now, what about people that, let's say, have adrenal fatigue where they wake up and they're wiped out? They're not sleeping well. They're frazzled. Is coffee beneficial or negative? Coffee? That state? I am that guy. And I can tell you, <laughs> I am. Oh, boy, am I ever that guy. Um, you know, coffee only makes things worse because you're you're straining an energy system that is at the end of its rope, and you're making it go, but it's going to cost you in the long run. Right. Uh, that's that's the entire reason why. Uh, I tried every adrenal supplement made, including two from two very high level companies that were supposed to be the do all end all. And almost as good as the adrenal cortex extract, which the FDA took off the market some years ago. <laughs> which means it worked. It means it worked. Right? <laughs> exactly. It means it, it worked, yes. Uh, you're exactly, you hit the nail right on the head. You're exactly right. Uh, so trying all these su supplements, and I started back in the 80s to trying all this stuff. Trying them all, find, finding that nothing worked, I went to duplicate the effect of adrenal cortex extract, which used to be a pharmaceutical that you gave to adrenal exhausted patients, either a couple of squirts of a nose spray up the nose or one or two pills a day, and an adrenal exhaustion patient was hunky-dory. They were great. Uh, we were fairly successful in duplicating uh, the effect of, of the ACE, and the way that an adrenal patient knows 
when a supplement is working for them. Every adrenal patient in the world will get up three, four, five, six times a night to pee. Mm-hmm. And the way that you know it's working is you get up less or you don't get up at all. The, the aldosterone that the adrenals make, which is a hormone, the aldosterone holds salt. Salt holds water. The water maintains proper hydration. Without the aldosterone to hold in the salt, you can eat entire mounds full of salt. You can drink soy sauce. You can eat all the potato chips you want. It ain't going to stay in you. It's going to go in one end. It's going to come out the other. And water will leave you, liquid will leave you, as soon as you put them in. You drink a glass of water, 15 minutes later, you're in the bathroom peeing it out. Mm-hmm. So what is a, since the FDA is taking something like that off the market, I mean, what, other than the, the one thing that's not sexy about someone with adrenal fatigue, the one thing that can really help that is like actually changing your lifestyle and actually getting some sleep and shutting down your computer and your phone and all that and get rid of all this blue stimuli and all these lights or whatever and actually right. preparing yourself for sleep. Other than that non-sexy BS I just said, <laughs> they just said that, it, what, is a, what is an alternative today for the adrenal cortex extract out now? Well, uh, our adrenal, um, adrenal vita amino, I can never pronounce it that name. It's, it's my own product. I dreamt up the name, but I can never say it. <laughs> so the, you, the, you need an acronym for it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Adrenal Vita Amino. There you go. Yeah, I said it right. But, uh, that is the closest thing that I have found to the old ACE. And the reason why the FDA said they took it off the market was they were afraid of mad cow disease. What's I'm that? sorry, the adrenal what? glands are nowhere near either the intestines or the or the brain, which are the only two places where mad cow can live. So uh, the sausage eaters got mad cow, and the brain eaters got mad cow, but nobody else did. You, know, you can have a cow full of mad cow disease, and uh, unless you're eating the brains or eating sausages that are made out of the, the intestines, you ain't going to get mad cow. So that was their excuse. They, they took Ace off the market, I think, in 93. But hardly any docs in the U.S. had studied on what adrenal fatigue was or diagnosed it or gave out the medicine, prescribed the medicine. In Europe, gosh, docs there were always finding adrenal fatigue. They, they did the test for it on every GP, you know, every GP knew, knew how to do it. Every patient that walked in, if he was claiming uh, f- fatigue, would get checked for anemia, would get checked for mono, would, would get checked for uh, uh, adrenal fatigue. It was a matter of course. It was routine. And when America sneezes, the world catches cold. So when they got rid of ACE here, they got rid of it in Europe. So tons of adrenal patients in Europe who are bona fide immune, uh, adrenal patients now could not get their adrenal support because the FDA didn't like it because damn stuff actually worked. <laughs> what about other ad- ad- adaptogenic herbs such as macuna, ashwagandha, let's see, cordyceps, rhodiola? Because I've had pretty good success. Panix, ginseng, Siberian ginseng. What do you think about all of those? Are, all of those are 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 great. We have mm-hmm. to remember with 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 herbs and with with any nutrient, there's a go no go uh, yeah. uh, level of of dosing. Uh, I liken right. it to, to, to antibiotics. If, if you've got an infection and I give you a, a, a dose of antibiotics, if you still have the infection in a week, I know one of two things. Either I didn't give you enough of the antibiotic, so it was a subclinical dose and it did nothing, or I've, or I've got you on the wrong antibiotic. But let's say I dosed it down too low. There's a dose of herbs and 
and even medications below which nothing happens and a dose above which everything happens. Right, right. So some is not better than none. Some may be the same as none. So when <laughs> right. we're looking at herbs, right. mm-hmm. we have to take enough of this stuff to make a difference. You get some of these guys out, out there, and they're, they're loading 9, 10, 20 things into one capsule. Well, you, okay, your average double O capsule holds tops, eight, 900 milligrams worth of stuff. And if you've got 20 things in there, how many milligrams of each have you got? Right, right. You've got a subclinical dose. That's a so sure way to know when a product is bunk. When you see these, exactly. You look at these testosterone boosters where there's 20 ingredients. Now, I mean, they, they just they just grabbed anything they thought would be <laughs> remotely beneficial and threw right. it on the label, but there's no possible way you're taking an effective dose of that many ingredients. And who knows what the interactions are of all those ingredients? There's no possible way you can know what all of the interactions of taking those are. I mean, some of those ingredients may nullify the other ones for all you exactly. So, I mean, considering- then, so then you have to take some of these products, you have to take 12, 15 tablets. And even then, you're not getting the you're no not one, getting an effective. No one really wants to do right. that because that just yep. that equates. Okay, now I'm old. Now I have to get a vitamin box just for this one supplement. You know, pack all the <laughs> stuff in there, and that's daunting. You know what? I'll just continue feeling this way instead. Of, you know, if I'm going to sit there and feel old, I mean, I don't want to actually look old and taking all these pills. It's the same one over and over. Come on, man. No one really wants to yeah. do that. No, it's really not fun sitting there swallowing all those freaking pills. Especially when it's not even effective. Exactly. That's what makes <laughs> you know, it suck even more like with. At well, least you're getting some benefits. <laughs> exactly. Now, look, a guy, a guy who doesn't have optimal sexual health, he'll, he'll eat a gallon of pills if it actually works. Okay? He'll, 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 he'll drink dog urine if it's going to Because that's how important hey, Mike, sexual health is to a man. Right? That yeah. might be your next product. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like bodybuilders who say, hey, man, you know, if, uh, if dog poop made me get an inch on my biceps, I'd eat it right now. And they're not lying when they say that. <laughs> That's but exactly right. The reality is, is these things don't work. But uh, that's a good point, Dr. Ron, because you and I, you, I think in an interview we did a long time ago, you made a point of saying, look, if it has more than a few ingredients, then it's not going to be an effective product. Right, yeah. Ingredient gumbo, I mean, what, what can you get from that? You know? We can take all those uh, adaptogenic herbs that, that you mentioned before, and if we take them in sufficient quantity, we only need to mix two or three of them together in order to get a really good effect. Right. right. But we have to take them in sufficient quantity. There was one time I, I did the old Chinese medicine thing, and I got a half gallon of vodka, and I threw in <laughs> like a, a, a pound of ashwagandha and a pound of, 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 of cordyceps and a pound of this and a pound of And I just I, I shook it up every day for a year. And I drank, it almost killed me. <laughs> but it worked. It did. It worked. What, was, what, what did it what work was on? Reason, what was the reason for adding it to vodka? <laughs> yeah, I was say, what, uh, what did it work oh, on? In, in, in Chinese medicine, you, you add all the dry herbs that, that any Chinese pharmacist will, will ever give you to booze. Because the alcohol extracts the working ingredients out of the herbs. Uh, that's funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> That explains why our good friend Kim Blackburn drinks so much vodka. <laughs> a little inside joke for our audience. No, uh, that, that's interesting. That's really interesting. So you, you took all these herbs together, put it in vodka, shook it up. You made your own little concoction here. Exactly, yeah. That, that explains why a lot of these Chinese, Chinese herbal blends come in liquid form with a little bit of alcohol as the extra. Yeah. I always wondered why. Right. I thought yes. it was just some kind of preservative. But that or actually, no, or no, way no, to fill the no. bottle you know, with more alcohol and less of the actual supplement itself. You know, That's what yes. I yeah. The alcohol does does two things. It extracts the working ingredients out of the herb, and then when you drink it, or when you apply it onto your skin, it helps it to get in better. Mm. Mm, okay. So it acts yeah. both as an extractant and as an absorbent. 
would that be the best way to take any herbal product? I mean, for example, not necessarily. No. Okay. I was like, yeah, you know, there are people who listen to us right now, like, oh, well, man, I'm just throw Mike's testosterone boost in a nice little glass of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> of kettle one. I, mean, I, does kettle I like kettle I one. Some... I mean, it just makes sense that yeah. I put his testosterone boost in. I'm <laughs> I've got some gin in the kitchen right now. I'll take it down myself. <laughs> I like to have a little gin at the end of each day. There you go. Throw a couple tabs in there. Stir it up. <laughs> what, what, what would be an example of where it wouldn't be a good idea? Uh, gosh. If you don't have the time to wait, hmm. because you are going to have to shake that bottle every day for about six months to a year before you can even use it. Oh, okay. So let, let's say, you know, I'm, I'm nervous and I want a cup of chamomile tea. Okay, am I going to throw the chamomile into alcohol and wait a year? Or am I just going to, you know, throw a uh, tablespoon of it into a, into, into a cup full of boiling water right. and make, make some tea out of it and, and extract it that way? Uh, so th- there are extraction methods. There's, there's steam extraction. There's hot water extraction. Sure. There's alcohol ex- extraction. I prefer the alcohol because I think it works better. You get more stuff out of the herbs with alcohol. But it takes its time, either time or pressure. You need one or the other. Would that, would that work with coffee, for example, like an Irish coffee? Oh, yeah, gosh. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe we <laughs> coffee is a herb. Coffee we, we, in the morning. <laughs> like, now we're talking. <laughs> grind up, we, we grind up the coffee and, 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 and mix it with, with corn squeezing. That's it? <laughs> yeah. We'll mix it with white lightning and see what we get. Hey, man. I'm liking where this is going. <laughs> Doctor, well, let me ask you this though. Let me ask yeah. you this. Okay, other let's let's not talk about adrenal fatigue, but let's just say you know, another question is I get from a lot of people: Is it okay for them to have coffee in the evening and at night? Now I know there are culture, and I can always go from a culture standpoint and tell them like, "Hey, man, let me tell you: When you go to certain places in the Middle East, if you go to Turkey and hell, even Italy or whatever, they always have coffee at the end of the day. They always have it yeah. after dinner and a lot of times, like I said, it doesn't really affect them. I and, mean, you know, some of these people in these blue zones or whatever, this is how they drink coffee. That's the last thing they do. They always have it at the end of a meal. So if they have dinner, let's just say dinner six or seven o'clock at night, they have coffee. But then you have another school of thought that says that you should stop drinking caffeine, you know, at least up to, let's say, eight to 12 hours before you know you're going to bed. So that kind of just goes against what they're saying right there. But again, here are these cultures, they're functioning pretty well like that, going to bed at the same time. (laughs) You know, and as far as my clinical observations, Mm -hmm. and I could only go by that, it's how Northern European you are, as opposed to Southern European or North African. Mm -hmm. Because I come from a culture where we drank coffee all the damn time. My my mom was Cuban. She was was Mm -hmm. pouring coffee into my baby bottle when I was one. I mean, gosh, I, I, I lived on espresso. That explains That's, your adrenal fatigue when you... Exactly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that and all the drama the Cubans always have around them <laughs> explains the adrenal fatigue. So uh, my observations are that the, the farther north in Europe you come from, the less likely you are to want a cup of, cup of coffee, at, let's say, at, after 3 in the afternoon, because it will keep you up. Although I know a lot of black folks who cannot, absolutely cannot. My best friend stares at me every time I have a cup of coffee at the end of supper because he says, how does that not keep you awake? 
man, I could go. I'm an old infantry man. I, I could fall asleep with the drop of a hat. <laughs> I fell asleep on trays. I could fall asleep with fighting goals. I could fall asleep anywhere. It doesn't matter. Talking's right. not going to keep if me my, up. If my wife heard you right now saying that, she's like, oh my God. It's like, I think you two are related. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, but the thing is, I, I, isn't I, that a pretty bad sign of adrenal fatigue, though? Because Mark Phillippe's top strength coach, I mean, he, he has that syndrome where he can drink a <laughs> cup of coffee late at night and fall asleep right afterwards. Yeah. I think it, it, it's whatever you've gotten used to. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and, I'm not trying yeah, to drink, but I'm not trying to drink some Turkish coffee at three in the morning because I know that's a recipe for disaster. You know, I think if the fact <laughs> telling me that Mark will drink like at one or two in the morning, I'm like, I can't even concede drinking coffee that late, you know, because I just know that, okay, I know I am going to be up. I know I'm going to be up yep. for sure. But, uh, you know, nothing that kind of helps me out, unlike a lot of people, is the fact that I don't wake up at butt crack 30 like a lot of people do to go to a job or something like that. You know, I've, I've afforded myself the opportunity where I can actually get up around 10 o'clock. Or something like that. So I'm always thinking with the end in mind. Like, okay, I know I'm getting up at around 10. So I work my way back right there. So therefore, having yes. coffee at the end of a meal at like 7 or 8 o'clock in the evening, no big deal for me. So I always tell right. people, I say, everything you do, work with the end in mind. My thing is, when are, do you plan on waking up? If you get that yep. opportunity. Okay. Yep. So my thing is, now, work from there. There is one physiological point that the Chinese brought up uh, years ago and that I take into consideration when thinking about drinking coffee, is that uh, a warm drink after a meal helps the meal to go down mm-hmm. and helps it to be digested. That is exactly. one, of the, uh, one of the big principles in Chinese medicine. And coffee constitutes a warm drink. It could be tea, it could be herbal tea, it could be just a warm cup of water. But something warm does help the digestion, does help the the pyloric sphincter to open, this helps the stomach to empty out faster, and it seems to help stuff go through better. And uh, Chinese medicine is four or 5,000 years old. I'm not going to argue with it. So there may be some cultures and there may be some people who, because of the food or because of their own physiological makeup, do need that little extra digestive boost. Right. And, and I think, um, would it be an important aspect to, to say that in this case, we're talking about coffee that's not crappy. We're not talking about having a, yeah. a, an evening latte or something like that with mm-hmm. crappy, you know, factory farm milk or something like that. We're talking about yeah. some good quality coffee. Hopefully, you know, it's freshly ground that, you know, and the beans are not, but a, a, no more than about two to three weeks old or something like that. It gets very specific because what you have, done, what a lot of people need to understand with these cultures that do this, they're not going out, you know, do the drive through at Starbucks at, at, eight o'clock at night after dinner or something like that. What they're doing is they have their own beans right there. They wrote a lot of times they roast their own beans or they get it someplace where it was freshly roasted and ground right then. So there's the big difference. And I think again, so many people group it all together and just coffee's just coffee. And well, now Dr. Wong said I can have some at night after dinner. Cool. Now I can have my mocha frappa lacha 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 coffee. You know, the night. I mean, I mean, dude, you sound like the end of a JJ Fad record when you're saying this stuff half the time. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, okay. Now that you mentioned that your mom was giving it to you in your baby bottle, that's another thing I always get a lot of questions about, Dr. Wong. How young is too young? I mean, is it okay for kids to have coffee? Oh, gosh, yeah. You know, taking a look at all the Latin cultures, you go anywhere in Latin America, <clears throat> they feed their kids coffee. They feed their kids coffee in the morning to wake them up before they go to school. They feed their kids coffee sometimes in the middle of the day. You know, the, the, and, and, and if the kid wants to, wants to join, join mom for the after-supper cup, you know, a little sip of espresso here and there, mm-hmm. nobody protests. There's, there's none of these myths that, that coffee will stunt your growth. That's a line of horse shit. <laughs> Uh, and it, 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 it is strictly 
basically a cultural thing. And I think we get this, our, our cultural thing against coffee, because the main folks you hear this from are, again, the, 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 the folks of Northern European extraction. You, you don't hear it amongst Italians. You don't hear it amongst Spaniards. You don't hear it, hell, you don't even hear it amongst Frenchmen. Yeah. It's all those dang sweets from Minnesota and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I find it interesting that, you know, in this country that they'll say, uh, you know, kids can't have coffee. It's going to start their growth. But yet and still, every time they pack a lunch for them for school, it has soda in it. It has Mountain yeah. Dew, you know, caffeine, hello. It has Coke, you know, caffeine and God knows what else that you can't pronounce. So they give kids sodas at every drop of the dime, but yeah. all of a sudden coffee is going to stunt their growth. <laughs> and right. it just it never made I sense. I lived in to the Carolinas. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I lived in the Carolinas for seven, eight years while my ex was going through chiropractic school. And I noticed kids going to school in the morning kindergartners, first graders, high schoolers, junior high schools. didn't matter. They all had a Coke in their hand. And you, you'd ask them, What'd you have for breakfast? I had a Coke. <laughs> Is that all mom gave you for me out? That's all I got. Go get a play. <laughs> well, sometimes I get a couple of Pop Tarts. Or, or a donut. <laughs> or a donut. You know, and, 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 you know it, it didn't, didn't matter what color the kid was. All they got were Coke and Pop Tarts. And, and so I guess it's a cultural thing. I asked, I asked one of these guys, and one of these guys was a, a, the, the, the dad of one of these kids was actually Mexican. And uh, we were over at his house, and, and, and uh, I saw his kids go off in, in the morning. And I said, do you guys drink any coffee? Do you guys have any milk? Well, the milk's about a week old, and uh, it's probably spoiled. And no one drank it. And so they didn't drink coffee. They didn't drink milk. But Coca-Cola is in abundance. Yeah. Can't explain it. Don't understand it. I think that also comes from you know, an economic standpoint as well, which will be which a lot we use as the justification. You know, it's just it's so much cheaper to go buy cases of Coke than actual like actually buy real food for breakfast and it's quick yeah. convenient. And in their mind, they're thinking if I give my kid Coke in the morning, then he'll, you know, they'll keep him up. He'll be alert. You know, they'll give him that kick that he needs, but I'm not going to give him coffee because that'll stun his growth. But if I give him Coke, <laughs> but if I give him Coke, you know, Coca-Cola that is, <laughs> you know, that's going to get his brain going. They'll keep him going throughout the day. And I give him this pop tart. So therefore, you know, he can at least have something to eat. So he's not just drinking his breakfast. You know, I don't want him peeing out all his energy by the time he makes it to school. So if I give him a pop tart, you know, hey, there it is. I mean, you got pop, you got your carbohydrates, yep. you got fruit filling. At least that's what they say on the packaging. I mean, there you go. What, what more can you That reminds me exactly of a Bill Cosby skit where he's <laughs> figuring out what to feed his, his kids in the morning. And he's going to give them chocolate cake because chocolate cake has milk in it. Chocolate cake has eggs. Yes. <laughs> you know, chocolate cake is. <laughs> you got all, all, your major, all your food groups right there, man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, so that, yes, it, it, the, the, it, it, it is like thinking to that. Yes. <laughs> Let's switch gears and talk about coffee for sports performance. Are you a believer or an advocate in coffee pre-workouts? Coffee during yes. the workout. What do you think about that? You know, here we we're going to talk about Sergio Oliva again. Yep. Mm-hmm. One of the things, if 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 you ever saw Sergio work out, he always had a hot cup of coffee somewhere nearby. Always. And I know it's a Cuban thing, but he would he would sip at it throughout his workout, and it kept him going because he 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 was first and foremost he was a weightlifter, powerlifter, and then he was a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. So he always had that core of exercises he would do which were weightlifting, powerlifting, and then all the shaping uh, uh, volume exercises. Right. And, and especially, especially 
from what I've heard, when he was doing his really heavy, you know, squats and deadlifts and stuff, that's when the, the sipping on the coffee was more intense. I haven't seen this amongst any of the football. Oh no, 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 nope, nope. I'll, I'll, I'll take that back. Take that back. I think it was either a couple of guys from the Jets or one of the Giants, a guy named Earl, who who used to used to sip on coffee uh, during a workout. But none of the none of the other pros that I've ever seen or worked with or whatever was was ever big on on coffee during during workouts. So my best example of drinking coffee during a workout is Sergio. Well, I, I've done it myself, like during kettlebell sport competition. So you're there, you're competing and doing the same movement over and over for about 10 minutes on the platform. And oh. usually right before that, you know, everyone's scrounging around trying to, you know, they're eating protein bars, they're doing all this other stuff, man, or they're not eating at all. And I'm sitting there and I'm drinking black coffee that I've made. I made it in my room because I brought my own coffee, you know, pretty much grounded right before I got there out of town or whatever. And so therefore, it's a good source because I know I know the roaster where I get the beans from. So like yeah. I said, I end up. Taking that down, I just sip it throughout the time that I'm waiting before I go on the platform. And, you know, I'll sip it again right before I jump on. And then I perform. I feel so much better. I can always tell the difference when I don't do that, when I'm in a competition. Mm -hmm. But I also do that also when I'm training. I always have like two. I have my bottle of water. And I also have a bottle sometimes of either iced coffee or I'll have iced green tea. And I like to sip on yep. those during my training as well. And I don't know if just, again, if it's just a, a, a mental thing where I'm just kind of making this connection because I know exactly what these things are doing for my body and what they're going to do for my body once I finish training, especially as far as recovery and helping me you know, with inflammation and you know, and also just, just pretty much reducing any type of fatigue and, and soreness that I'm going to have afterwards. So I don't know if it's just already I'm, I'm making that mental connection and already you, some people can say start creating that placebo effect or at the same time I, it may actually be doing something for me at that time right then and there and not just what's going to happen after the training or after the competition. So I don't know. All I know is that I don't have any issues with it. It doesn't, you know, most people sit there and think that if you're drinking, if you're drinking coffee while you're training, you know, oh man, that's going to dry you up. That's going to make you so thirsty, man. Like, you know, how can you do that? Well, you know what? Training makes you thirsty. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, exactly. I'm like, I still want water regardless of what I'm doing. So, you know, why not drink some coffee? So doesn't that dry you out? I mean, I don't understand. So well, I'm just curious whether it's overkill for someone. So for example, if I'm going to do a hard 45 minute workout mm -hmm. and I have a cup of black coffee an hour before I work out, do I really need more of a kick in the middle of a 45 minute workout? That depends no. on, on your individual sugar system. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I mean, my, my answer to that would be no. No, if, if you're doing sprints, especially like sprints, I don't want to drink coffee while I'm doing sprints. I don't, <laughs> my, I'm not trying <laughs> to turn into the flash. <laughs> Hot outside, you just ran 50 yards. <laughs> Someone's waiting at the other end. Here you go, Mike, coffee. <laughs> Only if it's got ice in it. Yeah, I was going to say, ice coffee. Now, that may, that may be a good idea. <laughs> that may sound good. I, th I think the mistake a lot of people make is they take something's good, and then they take it to a point where it's no longer good now. So coffee, when used properly, it's going to be a performance enhancer. So they think exactly. a little bit is good. Now, then we have three cups in the morning, the afternoon, and the evening. They get into this adrenal fatigue state, and then they say, man, coffee caused adrenal fatigue. So, I mean, yep. I, think, I think you can take as much coffee as you want if you have enough restoration as well. I mean, if you're not sleeping enough and if you're not having enough downtime, then I always look at coffee as, you know, caffeine is like going in the credit card debt. You're taking yes. – you're borrowing energy – that you're going to have to pay back later now so that you can perform at something. But you're going to have to pay it back. So if I take a 
if I take two strong cups of coffee before a hard workout on Monday, I'm going to be more fatigued than I normally would be afterwards. Now I have to take that into account. Yeah, yes. Which, which takes us to the next question I was going to bring up, Dr. Wong. What are your opinions on coffee cycling? Because that's one thing, you know, people, they see that, oh, since I see you love coffee, you know, they think that I'm drinking it every day, all day. And I'm like, no, I don't. It's like, I'll take maybe sometimes two or three days in between before I have it. Because, A, I don't want to get, Mike just explained, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to get to the point where I'm experiencing adrenal fatigue or to the point where coffee's not having any kind of effect on me whatsoever. Or if I'm drinking coffee, it's making me sleepy. Okay, that right there is a problem. I used to see that all the time. I worked for Red Bull. So many people, you know, that I worked with were drinking Red Bull throughout the entire shift that we were working. And to the point where it wasn't working for them anymore, halfway through the shift, they were getting, they were yawning and sleepy. I'm like, okay, first of all, that sugar is kicking your ass right now. Okay, and it's getting to the point where the caffeine is just not even taking effect anymore. So I don't ever want to get into that position. That's why I do coffee cycling. So I just want to know what's your opinion on coffee cycling. And is there, is that a good thing for those who really love coffee to actually cycle it as with, in my opinion, a lot of stimulants and, and, and supplements and things like that? Probably. Yes. Uh, my driver's license says that I'm not allowed on the road without two cups of coffee in the morning. <laughs> and that's, that's for the health and safety of everyone around me. Hey, don't we live in the same state? Aren't you in Texas? Like, what does my license say? But, you know, but, but, but there, are, there are times when a coffee drinker will want less than a coffee drinker will want, will want more, mm-hmm. depending on, on how they feel. The folks who are addicted to this stuff, yeah. just to stay awake, like you said, are going to pay a physiological cost. They're eventually going to crash. They're eventually going to get to the point where it has the opposite effects of what they, of what they want. And those are the folks that all these uh, doctors rave about right. when they talk about the bad effects of, of coffee. But hell, you could do that with water. Yes. So, I mean, you, you could drink too much water and give yourself a fever if you could hold it. Uh, so yeah. You can sleep too much to the point where that's counterproductive, right? Oh, God. <laughs> right. Sleep so much. And, I, mean, yes. I, I find that sleep is just, just like what you said about herbs where you have to find it's either an effective dose or there's no benefit. Sleep right. is the same way. I mean, you take it too far, you're groggy the whole day. Everything's off. Your your mind is just uh, frazzled. <laughs> you're just like looking. You're, you're in a zombie days. Yeah, a little exactly. bit less sleep. I, being a little bit sleep deprived is actually more beneficial in my case than too much sleep. A little bit sleep de- deprivation, I'll be a little bit more alert. If I have too much yes. sleep, forget it. I'm done for that day. Mush. You're you're holding too much nitrogen, and that's about the only advantage when you oversleep is that you could synthesize more protein that day. Uh, okay. But aside from that, they ain't no advantage to over oversleeping. I knew a gal who could sleep 20 hours a day. She did not have a life. <laughs> Hell did not have a life at all. I don't see all. how you could. You know, <laughs> talk about the, you know, Tim Ferriss wrote the four-hour work week. This guy's got <laughs> four hours to get... 20 hours. you got four hours to get whatever you need to get done. You know, yeah. have to go back to That's sleep. a lot of time. <laughs> yep. Oh, man, I can't even imagine. That's why, you know, I always laugh at these people like, yeah, man, I can't wait till Saturday. I'm just going to sleep in. They wait all week so they can sleep in on Saturday. Like, Saturday is the official sleep in, be a lazy-ass day. You don't do anything. It's just mush. I just I understand. It's like, I'm, I can't wait till Friday because I'm going to get my party on. So they're living for Friday. And Mike always jokes about this. <laughs> People that live for the weekend. Yeah, but actually, they're living for one day because they're dying on Saturday and they're going to sleep are, in all day. Those guys who have it. I can't wait till Sunday. Me and the wife are having sex. <laughs> <laughs> like, you plan this? Tomorrow, you actually make a day? You have a sex day? <laughs> that takes the fun out of it. Yeah, Wednesday at 3 30 p.m. 
So my nothing is more flaccid than that idea, dude. There's nothing exciting about that. It's like, hey, honey, those are the folks. <laughs> they call those folks married. <laughs> hey, I'm married, and we. That's don't what happens when you get married, and you've been married for a while. All the all the thrill is gone. The spontaneity that you used to just like rip off your clothes in the middle of the dining room and and go at it. Spontaneity is gone. You actually do make appointments to have sex, and you hope that when the time comes, you are you're you're desirous of. See, 4 p.m. Doing the act. Uh, 4 p.m. at the movie theater, back row. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's all the spontaneity I need right there. <laughs> it's my, yeah, but ripping your clothes off, I think that might be a problem, too. I think it's kind of expensive, Dr. Wong. After a while, you just start realizing, you know, that was a damn good shirt you just ripped, baby. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> you lost your damn mind? <laughs> I was in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, we bought another that shirt. You tore that shirt now? I can't even find that again. You know, I can't even replace it. <laughs> oh man! Now, with someone with someone who is is waking up with no energy, you know, that's a sign that they're in a pretty bad adrenal fatigue state. You know, what what? That's how, or, how, how or, long or they've got mono. Okay, yeah, that, that you know, they've got some kind of problem. They could have yes, they can, exactly they have yeah. some issue that they need to address. They could have Lyme disease. You know, who knows what they have. So yeah. If you're waking up consistently with no energy, you know that's what. What should that person do? Let's say a person loves coffee who's in this situation. Do they need to cycle it out, like Sincere said? When they went, uh, what do you think? If they've got some sort of viral infection, like a, a, a chronic fatigue, which is which is actually post polio, and you get you know post polio happens 30, 40 years after you've gotten polio, or in the case of modern man, 30, 40 years after you've gotten the Sabin polio vaccine. A live virus, it's still living by your body the same way chicken pox com- comes back as, as, as shingles, polio comes back as, as post-polio, mm. and it has all the symptoms of the brain swelling. To, it has all the symptoms of mononucleosis, except when, when we do the test, you haven't got the titers elevated for, for mono, but you do find titers elevated for polio. So uh, there can be a number of, of things, and unfortunately, post-polio patients, mononucleosis patients, will never get restful sleep, even if they bring their viral load down. Never again in their lives will they ever have a restful night's sleep. They can sleep all they want to, and the sleep will be beneficial, but they won't feel rested in the morning when they wake up. Uh, okay. Never happen. Ever again. And I, 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 know, I, I worked in the largest uh, uh, chronic fatigue practice in Scottsdale throughout the 90s, and we saw thousands of chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia patients and not a one of them could ever get their sleep back. Hmm. Wow. That's pretty depressing. I mean, so there, there isn't anything you're aware of that actually even helps people with such conditions? Well, we, we can help them sleep uh, because most of those folks have, have interrupted sleep. Okay. So we can help them sleep better using herbs like, 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 like the ones in, in our equanimity. We can help them sleep better by, by, by adding lithium to their to their, what's in uh, what's in your product? Is that one of your products? What's in there? Yeah, the 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 equanimity has uh, skullcap, valerian, hops, and chamomile and lithium, okay. with a with a little touch of serapeptase to help it all absorb in better. And uh, it, it 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 doesn't make you groggy, but it will allow you to go to sleep and have a fairly restful night's sleep. But nothing for a chronic fatigue or a mononucleosis patient will help them wake up rested. Hmm. And with the hops in your product, is there any concern with that? I mean, obviously, you wouldn't put it in there if it increases estrogen. But what do you think but about you know, what do you think about hops and the connection with estrogen? The the go to uh, uh, my article titled "Phytoestrogen Food Sources: 
which is on the drwong.us website. Look up hops. You'll see that, that hops is one of the lowest estrogenic-containing things. I mean, peas and, and, and beans have a lot more estrogen than hops do. Flax is like... Uh, uh, hops is in the single-digit numbers, while flax is in the six-digit numbers. What do, you, what do you think about beer being pro-estrogenic, though? Yeah. Is that just... Do you think that is that for some other reason? Because it seems like there's a correlation there between beer consumption and, and guys with bitch tits and, and estrogen dominant like effects. And women's hips. It could be a lack of exercise. Okay. Because in terms of, of, of measuring beer versus wine, wine's a hell of a lot more estrogenic than beer is. Really? Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. What's yeah. the reason for that? What do you think the reason is for that? Every seed, every pea, every pod, every bean is a mini uterus and therefore estrogenic. Grapes are in the uterus. So is there, a, is there any study you can refer to that actually shows that people drinking wine actually have a higher increase of yeah. estrogen, or if this is something that you've just seen in your own practice? It's, 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 it's what, I've, what, I've, what I've noticed here. Okay. A historian put it very well years ago. Beer drinking societies win wars. Wine drinking societies lose wars. Hmm. Now, my understanding with beer is that it used to be made with Scottish pine bark, which actually increases androgen levels. So I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if that statement is based on beer right, consumption. Back then, that is, yeah, yeah, don't know. Pre-Catholic uh, Church, because when the Catholic Church, there was a basically they created a monopoly with beer where they started using hops. Before that, it was actually made with Scottish pine bark. You can still find beers with Scottish pine bark, and people who drink those will comment how they notice that their virility goes up when they take cool. that. Cool. Hey, I'm gonna find some of that beer. Yeah, isn't that? <laughs> I know exactly. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I've not, I haven't been able to find that anywhere in the U.S., but in Germany and other countries, you can find beer that's made with pine pollen instead of hops, and it's, I've had it before, yeah. actually. It's pretty good. I am, I am a hop fanatic. I love really hoppy beer. IPA is, is my favorite beer. Uh, the, the hops were, were originally put in beer as a, as a bacteriostatic agent. A beer will grow bacteria real fast, and the hops kill off the bacteria. You will notice in American beer, which which how hardly has any hops at all, uh, how fast they've got to change the kegs out, because beer will go bad in like two two and a half months. It'll it'll it, it'll actually get get not not rancid. It'll develop a really bad taste. And it'll get moldy. The more hops in the beer, the less the less mold, the less fast it will grow. I don't know if the pine bark did exactly the same thing, but that's yeah, the reason I'll why they it. they they. They put hops in beer. But now you know. I used to be. I used to be. I know. I know. You used to be at bouncer nightclubs, and so was I in college. Now yeah. a lot of guys who drink beer, they start crying and telling their friends how much they love them. I've never seen it. My, I've really like, come across on, guys not, that drink wine and do that. You know, they're just kind of like guys who are drinking wine. It's kind of like okay, they're just drinking wine. Then they're like, oh, I love you, man. Like because then they really get kind of creepy. <laughs> okay, it's just like, like hey, man, yeah, because guys drinking wine, all of a sudden they're like, you know, sincere. I've always found you attractive. I just never had the nerve. It may be the Miller Light drinkers instead of the Schlitz drinkers. (laughs) It may be all that light beer crap. (laughs) Light beer is basically packaged urine. You know, drink a beer, drink a real beer, not this Miller Light crap. Exactly, yeah. 64 calories. I'm like, come on, just drink the fucking beer, man. You're drinking beer now. 64 calories. What's the point now? What do, you, what do you think about alcohol? With uh, I've read some research that which indicated that alcohol will convert testosterone to estrogen and increases aromatase enzymes. Have you are you familiar with any of that? Have, 
haven't seen that, no. Okay. I'll have to find not, it. Send it over. Not, not that it might not exist. I just haven't seen it. Okay. Okay. That would be interesting to look into a little bit further. Yeah. So, we take in the room to decks before we go out drinking. <laughs> really? <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blocker, right? I'm coming out with one. So that there we go. That'll be part of my ad cap copy. Is like, look, keep, keep drinking. It's okay, but just take That's this. Right. <laughs> Drink as many hoppy beers as you want. Take this, and you'll be fine. This will keep you from yeah, telling yeah. your best friend that you love him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so therefore, that ride back home, that ride back home won't be so awkward. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Dice Clay has a whole funny skit, whole funny bit about. It. He's like, you know, there's some people that are born gay, and then there's some people who catch it. <laughs> and he goes, take out your friend Vegas. He's gonna look at you the way he's never looked at you before. And you know, he has this whole bit. You can find it on YouTube. It's it's really funny. But with uh, now back to coffee. There's also some research I came across that indicates that coffee actually improves testosterone levels. What do you think about that? You think that could be related to dopamine working with brain chemistry? I sure hope so. <laughs> Boy, do I want coffee to improve testosterone levels. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, 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 if the Hawaiian Men's Health Survey is to be believed, then coffee has to have a positive effect on dopamine somewhere because we always see a drop in dopamine concurrent with, with dementia. Right, right. So we always give a nice brain perk. That's always been my experience. I mean, that's one of the things I love about a coffee. I mean, I always look forward to a coffee, cup of coffee first thing in the morning because it just gives you a nice brain perk, mood elevator. Mm -hmm. You will always see the non-coffee drinker shuffling around. Now, shuffling is one of the first signs of a drop in dopamine. Guy just kind of shuffling. And you'll see him, and his head will be going back and forth like like a pecking chicken. (laughs) <laughs> so he's he's he's, yeah. he's dragging his feet, he's shuffling his his feet, and his head's going going back and forth. And you you've seen the advanced cases of of, of a Parkinson's. That's a total lack of dopamine. They can't control their head movements. It's all part of that. Hmm. That's interesting because I know a lot of people with head movements. <laughs> that, that's getting me. That's getting me kind of concerned. I was like, Man, that guy always moves his head a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so watch. If if he shuffles and if his hands begin to shake, uh, then he's got the beginnings of Parkinson's. Yeah, that's yeah, scary. Yeah, that's scary stuff. What do you think about anything for Parkinson's? Do you think L-dopa is useful? Yes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it is, it's also one of the greatest aphrodisiacs in the world. Oh, yeah, Makuna, that's, what, that's one of the ingredients in my testosterone booster. Yep. Uh, people, notice, people who notice the big increase in sex drive in the first week, it's, it's generally from the Makuna, and then the other ingredient, bulbinatalensis, kicks in usually week three or so, which really ramps up your testosterone. But the combination is, it's usually the first thing people report is like, whoa, sex yeah. drive. Yeah. Yep. Amen. You know, the, uh, <laughs> Dr. Ward Dean, back in the 90s, was using the the uh, uh, drugs that were meant for pre-Parkinson's and Parkinson's patients as sex boosters right. and as anti-aging and, and brain boosters, and he was getting great success. So anyone who wants to look at, at the data on that, just find Ward Dean's work. Yeah. Or Dean. Well, yeah, Ward Dean. I'm familiar with that. That point. What are, what are some of the things that increase dopamine? Ty- what do you think about tyrosine and phenylalanine? Things, do you think things like that are effective? You've got to take an awful lot of them. You need to take them just before bed. Oh, really? Right we, before bed, huh? Yeah, we, we, we make 70% of all hormones and excretions between 2 and 4 o'clock in the morning, which is why all those guys who, who party hardy and party late, a few years of that, they don't have any hormones at all. 
Right. It's one of the reasons why. Oh, great example. Uh, uh, Morrison of the Doors. Mm-hmm. Went from looking like a Greek god to just a fat blob in four years. Because <laughs> yeah. he, 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 he was just partying too late, and all the times when he was supposed to be making his hormones, he wasn't. My, my yeah, mind you, the, like the LSD and the alcohol probably helped. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what's interesting? A lot of rockers nowadays are on a much more health-conscious kick, which is always interesting to see. <laughs> because when, <laughs> I, when, I, grew up, yeah, when I grew <laughs> yeah. up, it wasn't anything like that. Now, now it's... I went and saw the Bad Brains, for example, a legendary New York, or Washington, D.C. hardcore punk band. And right after the show, I mean, it might have been 1030 or so. These guys are in their 50s, maybe even early 60s. And they were all rack- packing it in because they were going to their hotel rooms. Yeah. To to it's all the same thing. This is why they could still perform. Exactly. I saw them with Living Color last year. Living Color, when the show was over, those dudes were heading to the bus and on their way back to the hotel, man. Yeah. <laughs> and those guys still look, I mean, they look great. I mean, like you said, these guys are in their 50s as well. I mean, Vernon Reed still looks great, man. These guys are still, they're not the, just the out of shape, fat. Well, I, was, I was disappointed though, because I wanted to see some serious debauchery. I had a backstage pass. <laughs> hey, you missed that boat, Mike. That was the cocaine. 90s. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to walk in on someone snorting cocaine off some girl's ass. And I was like, I want to witness some rock star debauchery yeah, here. But what I witnessed is the guy smoking a little bit of weed and saying, hey, I'm going back to the room and take a nap. <laughs> You're about two decades too late, Mike. <laughs> They've done that already. They can't do it anymore. They've done enough. <laughs> yeah, no, but it makes sense because I mean, that's why I always go to sleep at 2 a.m., Dr. Wong, to make sure I catch that window. <laughs> I have to start going to sleep at 1 now. Exactly. Sure Give myself an extra an hour. <laughs> You'll find that your body is also ad- ad- adapted to a particular time zone. Right. Yeah. And, you know, when I lived back east, I could never, ever, ever get myself to sleep early. When I moved to Arizona, I was exactly where I was supposed to be. Huh. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the whole thing about circadian rhythms, because you hear this all the time, too. And all these so-called, quote unquote, biohackers always talking about circadian rhythms. I'm, I'm sick of that fucking phrase. Biohackers. <laughs> <laughs> like, shut up. Everybody needs a freaking title, man. Stop making up titles to give yourself. So so you have this. And they always talk about your circadian rhythm. So they're always talking about, you know, the, you know, that best opportunity for you to, you know, restore growth hormone and all the other hormones. You need to be in bed by 10. You know, so everything happens between 10 and 2 o'clock. And, you know, they say that they talk as if that's for everyone. And I don't know, man. I have to ask you, Dr. Wong, well, what are your feelings on that and the whole little between 10 p.m. to a.m. thing and, and the circadian rhythm? And, you know, it seems to me it's a little bit more of a paleo-ish way of thinking, thinking like because our ancestors went to bed at, at freaking 7, 8 o'clock at, at night and woke up at buck yeah. 30 and started their day. Right. This is how we should be. You know, so my thing is, how do you feel about that, though? In today's well, society, you know, in, in the future, I, here in the present, how does that work? <laughs> we can take any subject, and we can find the super anal retentive guys, who the accountants, <laughs> who, who, who turn everything into numbers and charts and accounting and this and that, and who, who, whose hard, fast rules drive everyone else just absolutely up the frickin' wall. And then you get the guys who are just easy easygoing with general guidelines. I'm the general guidelines type of guy. Anyone who tells me that I need to do something absolutely between X and X, I tell them I'm not in the service anymore. I don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't been in the service in 44 years. I ain't going to be going back either. So no. Uh, All those guys who who are so anal retentive, they have to eat one watercress sandwich exactly at 1230. (laughs) God, give me a freaking break. 
Everyone needs variability in their lives, and if you yeah. live with these rigid rules, it will drive you freaking just nuts. just the cortisol increase. Yeah, I mean, trying thing. to follow these stupid rules exactly. as well. Exactly. Yes. And then you start so, making up you know, bullshit, you know, along the way. Dance through way. life. <laughs> if you want to go to bed at 10, go to bed at 10. If one night you want to stay up and really have a really great rocking time with your gal, then go ahead and do that. You know, this, 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 it, it, this flow, just flow. Yeah, and also, I mean, Whoa, if, class, if I go to sleep at 2 a.m. and I get eight hours of deep sleep, exactly. Why, why would that be worse than someone who goes to sleep at 9 p.m. Who, who's tossing and turning? Exactly. And that's the point I always right. make. And, you know, again, I always say with the end of mind, it's like, look, if I'm going to bed at 2, then I know, first of all, I'll use, I'm at the point now where I don't have to use the alarm. I just I wake up at least around 10, 30, 11 o'clock on my own. But right. I'll still set it. It just depends how I felt. If I felt really tired before I went to sleep, yeah, too, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and get an extra 30 minutes, get an extra minutes. So yeah. I'll sit there and set the alarm for 1030 or something like that. So, again, I'm always working with that end in mind and working my way back. And, you know, being conscious, of, I think that's the one thing that's missing from all this BS these people are preaching here is the fact that, you know, being conscious of what you're doing and being present and just really thinking about it and not just being on autopilot like, oh, I got to go to this 10 o'clock. I got to go to bed. Are you sleeping, motherfucker? No, I just have to go. To, I have to go to bed at ten. I'm like, what are you six? Like, who yeah, told you you had to go to bed? To go to bed you're not tired? Come on, I'm just gonna lie down and make it. So you're not you're not gonna fall. I mean, I mean, it could be three in the morning. If I'm not tired, I'm not gonna try to go to sleep because it's gonna be futile. Exactly. I'll just be tossing and turning. I mean, it's rare that I'm not tired at you because you work hard enough. You're gonna be tired. Yeah. Right. But, but for whatever reason, if it's three in the morning, I'm not tired. I live in Vegas. I'll go play blackjack. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll go find something to do until I'm tired. I'm not gonna try. I'm not gonna lie in bed tossing and turning. Just sitting there sure. staring at the ceiling. You're like, oh man, waiting for sleep. Yeah, it's any minute now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, so Doctor Wong, um, what do you feel as far as coffee? Um, you know, there I've seen studies where it's actually it benefits and aids in depression. And you know, we just had recently, of course, depression comes back in the news again because the news needs to focus on something negative and try to put a spin on it. Because with the recent death, death of Robin Williams, so now we're talking about depression again. So it's what what do you feel as far as coffee, you know, its benefits as far as depression? Have you found anything is any correlation with that? Uh, not scientifically, but personally and with the coffee drinkers that I have known over the last 60 some odd years, <clears throat> the 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 coffee drinkers may have times of depression. The people that I have known who refuse to drink coffee tend to be a lot more depressive than the than, than the folks who 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 do drink coffee. And so what if the folks who drink coffee are using it as a treatment for depression? Hell, it works. It's better than so, the other you know, probably. The and, and, give and you don't go around killing anyone else or yourself like, the way you do with with Prozac or any of the other exactly. MRIs. <laughs> Well, yeah. But you know, but a doctor prescribes that, so it must be okay, Doctor Wong. What do you mean? I mean, sitting there trying to get a depression with coffee. Yeah. That's just—I don't know about that. But people Prozac, come on. No, but I've had people take my testosterone booster and they go, "Man, this thing is awesome. I feel great on it." But am I going to have to take this indefinitely to feel the benefits? I go, "Look, do you have to, br- <laughs> do you have to brush your teeth every day to get the benefits? Do you work out for eight weeks and then right. work out ever again and expect exactly. to be strong?" It's like, of course you're going to have to keep taking it if you want to keep the benefits of, that you're experiencing. Yep. So, I mean, and, and why is that a bad thing? So what if you have to keep taking it? I'm going to take right. it indefinitely. You, know? you worked really hard to get an 18-inch arm. Are you going to stop when you when it hits 18? How long <laughs> is it going to stay 18? Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's kind of funny that people feel. That, I think it's that retirement mentality, right? They go, I'm gonna work, I'm gonna work long, and I don't have to work at all. It's like, well, what the hell are you going to do then? You know, like Billy Bob Thornton was on Larry King one time, and he said people are always telling him, you should go on vacation, just go to an island and kick back and do nothing. He's like, I don't want to do that. He's like, that's not relaxing to me. So, I mean, it, it, people don't realize how uh, how important work is. Now, yeah, you need to take a break. You need some downtime vacations and all that. But, I mean, when someone retires, they don't live too long you after know, that happens. I've seen it happen to family members. Honestly, Life expectancy be- after retirement is usually six months. Wow. I didn't realize it was that low. That's wow. on, on average. And that, that, that's the average for, for postal workers and for some other types of, 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 uh, of unionized workers. I forget which. But I've known doctors who've retired in less than six months after they retired. Uh, excuse me. I've known doctors who passed away in less than six months after they retired. Wow. So you, you've got to keep on doing something. And, you know, we're lucky, you folks and I, we're in a profession where we can do this for the rest of our lives. You don't have to freaking retire. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Why would you want to do that? Exactly. Why would, yeah, exactly. Why would you want to do that? Yeah. Why, you, you sit there and you work all your life to do nothing. That's the <laughs> end. Your, <laughs> end. your end goal is, look, I'm working my ass off, so I don't have to do shit for the rest of my life. Well, that's called, <laughs> you know what? They got another word for that. It's called death. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Come on, that's exactly. Like, just die. When you, okay. When you die. You don't have to do anything. You don't do a damn thing. But then again, on the flip side, it's of that, you want then. But honestly, you can't retire in death because now, if you've been buried, you become maggot food. So now you got to feed these maggots now. So guess what? You still don't get the rest. Okay. You're still working, buddy. So guess what? The whole idea is crap. Literally here, man. So, yeah. The best example of non-retirement that I ever saw was Dr. Charles W. Turner. If you go on my website and click on dedications, you'll see a picture of Doc Turner. He was 87 when he passed away, and he was he was still trying to get cash to open up a a, a, a business so he could do rehab on peewee to uh, to uh, Olympic athletes. Hmm. And and banks just refused to lend him any money. He says that you're 80 plus years old. You're going to die soon. <clears throat> and he he always worked. He always had his hand in. He never stopped doing what he was doing until the day he actually did pass away. Wow. And see, that's how you live right there. Because that right there is how you can live. And that's how you can be on that last, taking that last breath and have no regrets. Because you're still doing those things. Or when you hear about these people like, oh, man, he died like wakeboarding. Or he died, you know, jumping off a cliff or something like that. It's like, but he loved that. So did he really die? I mean, he he lived up until the last second. See, that's the difference Right. right there. He was living up to the very last second. Whereas most people... They've been dying for a long time. They're walking yeah. around dead because they are in this, this non-existence and they're not doing anything that they truly want to do. They're doing what other people want them to do. And they right. feel like this is what they have to do. Well, you know what? That's the true definition of death to me right there. So they yeah. die yeah. over and over and over and over. So anyone that doesn't believe in reincarnation is BS because these people die and come back alive and die every freaking day. They die <laughs> every time the alarm clock goes off. They start that whole little death procession throughout the day for the next eight, nine hours at work, come back home, they sit there and they're nullified or whatever, and then basically they're just living to go to sleep so they don't have to think about the day. And then they wake up and they well, die again. I mean, I again. think when, you're, when your life revolves around trying to meet the expectations of others, it's not going to be a very happy life. And that was one of the points, that article you posted, Sincere, about five regrets of the dying, that was one of the points on there. Mm-hmm. The one point on there that I thought was interesting is where people said, I wish I didn't work so hard. And I have to wonder how many of those people were actually entrepreneurs or nine-to-fivers. Right. Because mm-hmm. when you do your own thing, 
you you like doing it. My grandfather loved his work. I guarantee you that wasn't his, one of his regrets when he died was, oh, I wish I didn't work that hard because he loved his work. In fact, he died when he stopped working. Yeah. So I think I think people often associate work with something negative because when you do a job that you don't enjoy, it is negative. Exactly. But when you actually do what you love to do, you don't mind. And yeah, when I'm doing four hours of research on something, it's not because I, I feel like that's going to increase my pay grades because it's something I enjoy doing. Exactly. Most of time you won't even notice that four hours are going by. You kind of look up like, oh, shit. It's, yeah. I was like, how long have I been reading this? <laughs> you know, like, okay. I, I, next thing you know, it's like, okay, I got to start the podcast. I've been reading research on coffee for the last three or four hours. Like, you know, all of a sudden I'm hearing the Skype. Mike's hitting me on Skype like, okay, get on the call, man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, that, you know, there's the difference right there where there's somebody at the same time sitting in the office. They're watching the clock. <laughs> they're waiting like, come on, man. Six o'clock's not here yet. Come on. Why is it taking so long? It's five o'clock and it's 11. It's like, wow, man, you might as well stop yeah, watching and that and clock. There's, there's people that work for others that love their work, yeah. and then there's entrepreneurs who hate what they're doing because they, exactly. they, they just started a business for the sake of starting a business. Or like, just well, trying to make, make some it. money. It's like, you know, yeah, right. yeah. I, right. being an entrepreneur, I can make a lot of money instead of working for someone well, else. There's, there's a lot of people in our line of work where whenever you talk to them, all their concerns are about how, is, how you much? think this will sell, how much money am I going <laughs> to make from this, and they, they don't have any passion when they're talking about training or anything to do with health and fitness. So, I mean, it's time for them to move on to something else. So I think, I think when you're really, tr- you, you have to accept certain realities in your life. So when something is not fun and exciting anymore, it's time to make a change. Yep, so exactly. Start making a transition, man. <laughs> so. Now, we, we should all hope to die like Errol Flynn went. Oh, really? How did he in like what, having sex? He died, he died in the middle of an orgasm. I'm like, knowing, I was knowing what I know about Errol Flynn, I'm pretty sure he died between some good things. Okay, so knowing him. So I'm pretty sure that's was how he Was Ava Gardner his girlfriend? <laughs> he, had, he had five girls on the yacht with him. Oh, that, that, that'll that's kill you. Yeah, yep, that'll that kill sounds you. Like, you know what's funny? It's TMZ, TMZ, right? That stupid yeah. blog that uh, focuses on celebrities. I was just reading in a book that years uh, when they first got started going, they posted a picture which was allegedly President John F. Kennedy with five women having a great time on a yacht before he became president. And they're like, yeah. oh, imagine if this got posted when he was alive. What is the world would have been different? He would have had more votes. He wouldn't have. Well, he wouldn't have barely the won the election. <laughs> with, with a little bit more research, it turned out it wasn't even him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it is the problem with media these days. They don't do any fact check. They just uh, put that out there as a story without that. So I'm wondering, though, the reason why I bring this up is I'm, I'm wondering if it was Errol Flynn. You know? <laughs> well, <laughs> I got that story from his cook. <laughs> But you know his hey. his his cook used to used to work in a place called Scarlet's on Fourth Avenue and Eighty Sumot Street in mm-hmm. in uh, Brooklyn. It was a bar that had had a long history of being a bar. It was owned by Bill Cody, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It used to be a whorehouse back in the eighteen eighties. Oh. And there was an old black gentleman who sat by the sat by the kitchen, made the greatest bacon cheeseburgers in the world. And he would tell stories of, of Errol Flynn to anyone who wanted to listen. And there were two or three of us who were big Errol Flynn fans. Huh. And he would just, we'd, we'd just sit there soaking up all these Errol Flynn stories because <laughs> they were just funny as shit. Boy, this guy got laid, relayed, and polyed. Ain't nobody got laid more than Errol Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> it's always great when you meet someone who has stories like that. Yeah. yeah. Those people are always a treasure to talk to you. But the thing about thinking about going out the way he did, it's great for you. It's not going to be so great for <laughs> my wife. Tells me that you know yeah, when I tell her how, how I want to die, she says it ain't, ain't going to happen. 
you know, traumatize whoever that person is. <laughs> exactly. like, Every time they have sex with someone, they're going to be thinking, oh, oh my God. Man. Is he going to die? Another one? This, guy's, this guy's into it too much. He's about oh, to have girl. a heart attack. <laughs> Just know that you got some killer stuff, girl. That's all. Market that stuff. <laughs> 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 well, we know you have to get going, but what do you to summarize? What do you think is the take-home message with coffee? Is if you have adrenal fatigue, it's a good idea to cut it out for a while, get your natural inner reserves back. But if you don't, then it's what do you, what do you think? That it's everything in moderation. The old what is saying. So a few cups a day is not a big deal that people, most no. people should be concerned about. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of my take as well. I mean, three or four cups a day. I mean, even yeah. the studies I've read even said four to five cups a day, there's actually additional benefits for prostate health and, and other things with it. But I, th- I think that's the way as well. Whenever I hear people who, who say, you know, I cut out coffee out of my life for this, I go, was drinking coffee a pleasure for you? They're like, yeah. I go, that's not doing yourself any favors now. Right. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> <laughs> just one guy made a point about, you know, people trying to save money. I forget his name now, but he said, for some people, okay, cut out that cup of coffee you buy yeah. at Starbucks. Now we we could all talk yeah, about. Yeah, I will agree with that. <laughs> now, you, now you shouldn't. We could all talk about how you should have to take, pick a better option. But cutting, reducing that three dollar a day expenditure. I mean, that, really, that's I mean, not going to make you rich. <laughs> that's, that's not going to be the behavior you change where you're like, wow, look at all this wealth I amassed from just cutting out that one thing, and then. That pleasure that you've now cut out of your life, that's also going to just make you overcompensate somewhere else. Yes, exactly. Well, thanks Thank again, Dr. Dr. for coming on. Where, where can people find out more information about your stuff? Well, folks can listen to my crazy rantings and ravings on drwongradio.com, <laughs> and they can read my writings at drwong.us, drwong.us. You have some good rants over there. <laughs> Thank you. Your rants are the equivalent of Al Pacino's speech in Son of a Woman. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I took a flamethrower to your house. <laughs> definitely, definitely check that out. Thanks again for coming on. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you. God bless. Be well, guys. God Take bless. Care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Take you. care. Again, that's our friend, Dr. Wong. Check out his website. There's totalityofbeing.com. There's drwong.us. And then if you just type his name in, there's all kinds of information that will come up. There you go, folks, with coffee. If you enjoy it, keep it in. If you're waking up with no energy, cut it out for a while. It's not too complicated. Exactly. It's just that simple. And if you want to make a better cup of coffee, this is what you do. <laughs> so head over to <laughs> newwarriortraining.com and you can check out those Costa Rican coffee stands where you can do, you can create the best pour of a method, man, get the most flavorful coffee. No more drinking the crappy coffee, man, because, yeah, that stuff is raising your inflammation. It is, it is making you feel bad. It is jacking your stomach up. It is very acidic. All that stuff that you're getting, man, especially in all these drive throughs and things like that from the gas station, even from the big box coffee shops, all that, man. Yeah, it's jacking you up, but it's not the coffee's fault. It's the process in which they're making the coffee. So how do you fix things like that? Just like going to any fast food restaurant or anything like that? Don't go. Put it, Take your health and put it in your own hands. Make your own coffee. Make it at home. Get quality fresh beans. You know, you can always hit me up as far as my suggestions, as far as like, you know, where to get some great coffee beans, especially in your area. I can find that for you. But at the same time, once you get those beans, how do you make the best cup of coffee? Do it with a pour over method called using what's called a choreador, which is used in Latin American countries, just as Dr. Wong mentioned earlier. And one thing about it, the flavor is outstanding. 
and you'll look at coffee differently. And you yourself will probably become a coffee snob. And when anyone says, hey, man, I brought you some coffee and they bring it from some big box place, you'll probably be like, OK, God, this is terrible. How did I drink this for so long? Because now, you know, I mean, it's hard, man. Once you get something great, it's hard to backtrack. I mean, whether it's a product, whether it's a supplement, whether it's a relationship, you never want to go back to when things how things were when they really weren't that great, but you thought they were. So, yeah, yeah, you want to go ahead and do this, man. So you can t- get 10% off of that by typing the coupon code LLA. That'll get you 10% off of the Trio Doors over at my website, as well as all the other products on my website. So, Mike, what about yours, man? What do you have for everybody? Yeah, I'm a big fan of your Trio Door as well. I use that Thanks, every man. morning to make coffee. And uh, like I've said on previous podcasts, I was using a coffee maker like everyone else. It's convenient, et cetera. And then I started using the Trio Door. Just boil some water, pour it over some good coffee. And it, it's kind of fun, actually. It, it really lights up. The the whole kitchen smells great. The coffee tastes fantastic. There's just something different about it. It feels cleaner than using a coffee maker. Mm-hmm. So people will have to experience that for themselves. But it's a, it's a fun gift also for anyone. If you have any friends who love coffee, it's a great gift yeah. to get someone. This is one of those cool gifts that they'll, they'll use it, man. They'll use it. Once they get into the habit of using it, it's a cool device. Now, you can also use that coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements, my aggressive strength testosterone booster. Go read the testimonials for my testosterone booster. You're not going to find any other product that comes close to having testimonials like that. Go, go find a competitor that has even a fraction of that. It's by far the best option for natural testosterone increasing. Also get my Restorezyme to get rid of those aches and pains, those joint pains, your back is stiff, you're not recovering from workouts like you used to. It's time to load up on systemic enzymes. Get Restorezyme. And then get my recovery oil so that you can put that on your lower back and legs before you go to sleep and get a deep sleep state. It has, has magnesium, zinc, MSM. So that trifecta is a great combination. And my estrogen blocker is going into production, so hopefully it'll be ready by October, I've just had the raw sent to be bottled and capsuled. Yeah, I'll definitely get some out to you, but and that's going to be a killer product, and both men and women can take it. So it's an estrogen. It's a product for addressing estrogen dominance, for improving balance of estrogen. So in women, balancing progesterone with estrogen. For men, balancing testosterone and estrogen. And some will ask, well, if I'm taking your testosterone booster, why do I need that? You may not need it because my testosterone booster has moderate estrogen control as well. It's a good adjunct if you need more estrogen control, and it's a good product to take while you're cycling off of my testosterone booster. But anyway, there'll be detailed information about that when it comes out, but it is in the pipeline finally, and it will be out soon. So anyway, go over to MikeMahler.com, use coupon code LLA, get 10% off my current product line, and use it for my T-shirts, videos, you name it. I was about to say something about the workshop, but by the time this episode comes out, the, the workshop will probably be over. No, <laughs> by, the, by, the time, yeah, by the time this comes out, people will be kicking themselves in the ass. You know, like, man, I can't believe I didn't go. I didn't sign up for that. You know, I, I dropped the ball on that one. Yes, you I'm did. I'm telling you, man, I, I'm so amped to teach at this workshop. I'm going to destroy. And I know we all are. <laughs> I mean, I'm, gonna co- I'm coming in there hard, giving a great presentation, and then we're going to have a great time after the yeah, course man. as well. So people who didn't come, you're going you're gonna to see our students light up Facebook with photos and people having a blast and you're going to be going, man, I wish I could. I wish I wasn't so whipped where I had where, where, I, where I let my wife tell me that I couldn't go to this. I wish I wish I could make a decision and use my own money to buy stuff I want. You know, don't be that guy. Well, it's just too late. I, the course is already filled up and the course is going to be over by the time you hear this. So it's it's too late to make that mid course correction. But there may be another one next year. So keep it. Keep that in mind. Yeah, maybe. 
They're getting all excited. Like, yep, okay, good. I have a second chance. <laughs> not this lineup. Someone asked me about that on Facebook. Yeah. Like, you guys should take this one on tour. It's like, we're not going to take it on tour. Hey, eventually the <laughs> Rat Pack broke up, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going on tour. We've all got stuff to do individually. Right. And if we do another event next year, it's going to be a completely different theme, different lineup. Exactly. Maybe a different we don't, country. We don't Maybe a repeat. different time zone, like a different country for all we know. So, <laughs> you know, so don't sit there and get super excited there, buddy boy. You know, we're not coming to, you know, Topeka, Kansas, you know, on the <laughs> the four horsemen tour here. Go on tour. I don't think so, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, not unless we're wrecking hotel rooms, man. And the fact is that, you know, that someone who says that has no idea what it takes to produce no course like this right just take it on tour like it's nothing it's like no but it's, See, it's a lot easier for me to produce this when it's in my home to where I, where i live and i can and i can get all the moving parts in line even that's a pain thing. in the ass when you're you know even at home you know still yeah, a lot of yeah. things you have to do it's like take here's it the thing country where i don't live forget <laughs> it yeah, here's the thing yeah. about tours people what you need to understand this is the reason why these groups and these individuals whatever they have agents they have tour managers they have all these people to take care of all this stuff that we're doing Okay, so there's a difference right there. And they, they, they make sure that the talent just shows up, performs, and hopefully they don't get arrested before the end of the night. <laughs> so that that's it's a lot easier for them. So the thing is, you don't really see what's going on behind the scenes. It sounds good in theory, but, you know, it's just all the things that make it happen is, yeah, it's, it's not as easy as, yeah, as it looks. Believe me, I've done big events on the road. It's, it's, it adds way more levels of things that can go wrong. And they always go wrong. You know? so <laughs> at, least you're at, if you, at least when you're at home, you're in your hometown. You're in your environment. Yeah. You're in your own home. So it's a lot easier to manage these things. Yeah. But on the road, it, it adds a, another level of complexity that I just don't care to deal with. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah. well, let's do an episode where we just rant about that next time. <laughs> yeah, that would be perfect, you know, especially after, you know, after we do the big experiences. That's the thing, people. I told you on the very beginning when Mike and I first brought this up on the show. This is not just going to be a course. It's not going to just be a workshop. It's going to be an experience. Called it the Las Vegas experience from day one. And now you'll get to finally find out by the time you hear this show what the experience was like. So there you go, people. So on that note, <laughs> here's an experience you can give us. Please hop over to good old iTunes and Stitcher. Share the experience you've been having with this show by first subscribing to the show and then leaving a review. So I know you may be out and about right now, but, you know, since you're out, you got your phone with you. Go ahead and set that on a to do list and set an alert. So when you get back home, get in front of your computer, you can do that. Hell, if you want to stop right now, you can still leave a review right there on your phone. That's what they call smartphones. They can hook you up like that. So, yeah, yeah. pull over the side of the road right now. Yeah, pull over. Yeah, don't do it while you're driving. You're not going to get to it later. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't drive and try to leave a review because you're probably going to be the listener we don't have next week. <laughs> we're we're going to lose a listener you know, in the harshest way possible here. So just pull over and do that. But, yeah, we really appreciate those ratings and those reviews, man, and getting the word out there, sharing on social media. We appreciate all of that, man. It all goes for a much bigger cause out there, not just our businesses but a whole lot of other things out there. You're really helping other people by this show continuing. There are people that are getting a lot from each and every one of these shows, from all of our guests like Dr. Wong. There are some people that learned a lot, including yourself, just from today's show. Well, guess what? That's what supporting the show, all that, that's what it does. Yeah, we're doing good, and you didn't have to dump a bucket of ice over your head. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. At least you know where the good is going. We tell you. We're very upfront and... Hey, man, we're not making $300,000, $400,000, $500,000, dollars from this show living somewhere, and we're not calling ourselves a nonprofit either. So, you know, we're very upfront about that. We have businesses, but you know what? We do a lot of good with those businesses, and a lot of that comes from the things that come from this show. 
So we're all in this together. Unlike those other nonprofits, they won't say that to you unless they're trying to get more money out of your pocket. So that's the thing, man. All right. There's my rant on that. <laughs> that's a good way to wrap up. All right, Thanks folks. again, folks. We'll see you next time. Take care.